Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide live business and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one session in English and in French, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and a website can be found at lifecoach.amzalike.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our first episode of season eight, a very special guest, Raj Subramarier, if I'm getting right. <laughs> and just like every of my past episodes, I leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Raj, the floor is yours. Hey, thanks for having me. Just hearing your credentials and the different problems you help people with or different ailments you help people with. Yeah, it's great because I know a lot of people are struggling through those uh, symptoms right now, especially in the COVID era. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Just wanted to give a shout out to you. But yeah, so I am Raj Subramayer. So the last name is kind of uh, different than what you've heard because my actual name is Subramanian, which is like the John Smith of India. Okay, <laughs> It's very common. And then my wife is... Caucasian American German. Her name is Wiesmeyer. And when we got married, we wanted to create our own legacy. So we combined Subramanian and Wiesmeyer to Subramayer. So Raj Subramayer. So that's the story of my last name. But yeah, I'm a tech career strategist. So I help people specifically in the tech space to find their dream job and become successful leaders in the industry. I've been in the tech space for over 16 plus years now. And I've helped numerous people have positive personal life and career transformations. Okay. I'm also a speaker and a writer. I write for a lot of publications, including Entrepreneur, Forbes, and other publications as well. And I do a lot of speaking at conferences and private events for companies as well. In fact, uh, last year, I did two TEDx talks, uh, which have been uh, getting a lot of traction and people have found a lot of value from it. But yeah, that's kind of what I do, I live in Chicago, and the reason I w- I'm here is to talk about my journey into mental health, uh, burnout, and trying to figure out what happiness actually means. Beautiful. Well, it's a pleasure to have you uh, on board here on the podcast. We have a lot of listeners that always contact me to say, hey, can you talk about this topic or that topic? So now today, what I want to really focus on is work-life balance. Now, obviously, you, Raj, you've suffered from burnout. So obviously, there was no life balance in your case. It was mostly work, work, work. Now, also, um, based on your culture, it's primarily very focused on career. So how... How can you combine your own culture with the reality of life that now you need to create a good balance between work and life without getting into what you suffered yourself? Yeah, so great uh, question to start with. And for that, I need to take a step back and tell my backstory and how I suffered burnout to paint the picture. And then we'll talk about what work-life balance actually means or whether such a thing actually exists, right? (laughs) So as you said, uh, I'm Indian. I grew up in the Southern part of India. I was the younger of the two kids. And from a young age, 
I had this uh, inferiority complex that I wasn't good enough because uh, my dad was super smart. Like since he was born, he studied in scholarships. Then you have my brother who's a genius. He has three masters and a PhD. And, and now, you know, he's still like a scientist. And there I was the average kid who didn't do well in anything. You name it, sports, dating, academics. I was the average in everything. So I had this constant need within myself to compare myself with other overachievers around me. And every time I tried doing that, I ended up getting disappointed because I realized I could never live up to people's expectations. Mm -hmm. And also, as you said, in the Asian community, you're literally given three choices, at least my previous generation when you grow up. You can either become a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer. And then I took I chose the engineering path, and I've been in the tech space ever since. But the point is, yeah, the academics and careers careers are really, really uh, pushed quite a bit in my community. So throughout my childhood, at least for the first nineteen years of my uh, nineteen years of my childhood, I lived a life filled with anxiety, depression, stress. Because no one ever thought anything good about me. They thought I was super dumb and, you know, I could never make it. And then I had a trigger event, which happened. And I came to this realization that I've wasted 19 years of my life living a life based on other people's opinions. I was letting other people's opinions be my reality. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized, you know what? Screw this. Screw people. I'm <laughs> going to take life into my own hands and I'm going to show people that they'll never ever again ignore me so that was a trigger event and then when i entered it i had taken a vow to myself that you know what i'm going to build so much credibility and i'm going to earn so much money that people are going to respect me i'll never ever again be ignored and that was the whole goal so for the first 14 years of my tech space i did everything i put in so much effort so much hard work prove to people that I'm better than them. And I earned, I exponentially increased my salary by over 150% in 10 years. Then I got all these promotions. I was a star performer in six out of my seven companies. And I, my only goal was to prove to people that they never ignore me. And, you know, I got all the fame and money and fortune I wanted. But then shit went down, right? And that is the backstory, which is going to set the whole context of uh, why I'm talking about this. So it was in 2018, mid-2018 in June. And uh, I still remember the moment vividly because uh, it was past uh, midnight. And then I went to the bathroom and uh, I entered the bathroom. Then all of a sudden, things started blacking out around me. Okay. And then the next thing I know, <laughs> I'm lying on the floor. Okay. And apparently what happened was for 25 minutes, I didn't return back to the bed. So my wife was wondering what the hell is happening. So she went to check on me to the bathroom. And there she found me butt naked, lying on the floor, unconscious, right? And then she started putting water on me so that I could regain consciousness. And then she kept yelling at me, wake up, wake up. And then slowly I started regaining consciousness. Apparently what happened was, yeah, I, I fell down, hit my head by, on, on the bathtub and then I was unconscious for a bit. And then I told, told her, honey, I'm not able to move. So she literally dragged my body and uh, 
she laid my back on the wall and then to cut a long story short i had i was admitted in the er and then they had to get in fluids inside me and the diagnosis was that i'd suffered severe dehydration exhaustion and i had severe burnout because till 2018 starting from 2006 onwards i overworked myself i was working 10 12 hours days and then i my mind was saying stop stop but i was pushing my body and then it all hit me and i still remember this because i was just, i was in the er looking at the ceiling while people are doing stuff all around me on my body then i was wondering how did i get here right how how the situation happened and then oh yeah now it makes sense that's when i realized man i'm lucky that i didn't get a heart attack and my doctor said you have to change your lifestyle that's when i realized we all have two lives but the second one starts when we realize we have only one and that is so true yes and that's when i realized i'm going to make a transformation right i'm going to pass here in case you had some question but then i'm going to talk about some strategies and then i'm going to talk about work life balance in a second but just wanted to first pass here and see whether you had any questions yes definitely so this is when the interesting part starts <laughs> um now throughout this journey of of realizing it, like, that that was in 2018 and in end of 2019 beginning of 20 it was the pandemic so um what kind of steps did you take right after you were um released from the ER to say okay i'm going to make a change and what was the immediate change that you could have do that you could have done to start changing your life to start making it better and focusing more on family and life versus just work 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 because you can work the rest of your life and you still need to work more so there's never ending goal or objective that you put for your career so what did you do at that in that regard so i took this path of uh, self exploration so for 4 months i listened to 150 podcasts and then i read about 30 books and then i started getting into this whole mindfulness meditation space because I, the doctor had prescribed me heavy drugs for a couple of months <laughs> from anxiety medication depression medication i had every freaking thing right <laughs> and i wanted to get out of medication and then i thought okay how do i do that and i took the self exploration journey and then found out there's something called mindfulness where you have all these feelings you notice them you notice those feelings acknowledge that they exist right and then move on to the next thought right you label them saying okay i know this okay i'm feeling angry okay i know that i'm feeling angry but let's just focus on my breath again and then all of a sudden something else will come up i'm feeling depressed oh okay i'm feeling depressed so i label them as depressed and then i can try to focus on my breath so i started getting to this meditation space and i'm a really scientific guy being in the tech space so i thought meditation was all woo woo stuff but then i used this app called headspace and it changed my life and again i don't get paid by headspace so i'm not marketing for them but the point is i there's this person the guy the who created headspace he's a monk who actually gives guided meditation and walks you through breathing exercises there's so many different packages so you could do depression pack you could do uh, anxiety pack where it's a set of exercises to help you cope through those kind of feelings mm-hmm. so i started doing headspace and then slowly started feeling the change where i felt a lot calmer and then i started noting down different things i'm doing 
So first thing was meditation and the headspace, right? Second thing I did was I wrote down all the things I've been doing, like 200 things. Then I figure out what actually gives me value in life, right? And what is more important to me? So I started eliminating stuff from my life, which does not give me that much value because I'm doing a lot of stuff to get attention. Okay, yeah. Then I refocused my goal to saying that uh, I want to offer value and service to people. And the byproduct, byproduct of it would be fame and money. But you want to live a life of value and then help other people, right? So I shifted my mindset from this uh, goal of fame and money to offering value to people. And that's when the real transformation happened, right? So first is meditation. Second thing is writing down all the things and then eliminating unnecessary stuff and prioritizing things. Third thing is prioritizing myself. I never prioritized myself and my family. So what I did was I started getting into fitness. So I uh, started working out regularly. Then I started taking care of my body. And then I also allocated time to spend time with family because I wasn't doing that. So those three were key for me to make that shift from a really stressed person into who I am today, where I'm a lesser stressed person, <laughs> still work in progress, but I have these tools, meditation, morning routines, and things like that to help me get unstuck and help me get clarity, right? And the second part of your question was, okay, how, how now it's a pandemic, right? You have similar kind of stressful situation. Then how do you maintain work-life balance, right? So continuing with that question, First thing, I'm going to tell you the truth. There's nothing called work-life balance. It's a misnomer. So if everyone thinks that, okay, you know, I'm going to have amazing work and then amazing life balance. No, it doesn't happen because work-life goes through seasons. Mm -hmm. At some months, your work will be taking precedence over life, your personal life. And some months, your personal life may be taking precedence over work. It all depends based on your case. It's a case-by-case basis. The best thing you could do is have strategies throughout this ebbs and flows of your work and life to help you get grounded. And again, the strategies would be having some routines, morning. So I have a morning routine where I wake up in the morning. I have, I need to have my one cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Then I do meditation and then I write down all my thoughts in my mind. I, I call it the mind dump exercise. And then I try to prioritize those things in my head, putting a number between one to 10. And my whole motto in life is to do the top three things during the day. And then I block time in the calendar to focus on those top three things. And that's it. If you follow some strategy like that, then you'll get much more better clarity, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing talking about blocking time is, especially for people who are listening or viewing, if you are managing family, managing work and being stressed, you can be proactive about your schedule. So what I mean by that? Say uh, you have next week, right? Monday to Sunday or Monday to Friday. Carve out some time beforehand on a Saturday, the previous Saturday or Sunday, just 30 minutes and figure out, okay, what meetings you are, upcoming meetings you have, what are the things happening next week? Just proactively start planning things. Put some time blocks throughout the week to focus on those critical things which you have to get done. And then on Monday, when you wake up in the morning, you have already planned different things and you already know what's going to come. And of course, 
even if you plan stuff there's going to be stress through right <laughs> but it's better than not being planned and being more stressed these are some ways where you can reduce stress considerably if you proactively plan stuff if you have morning routines if you plan your day block time for your critical task and then towards the end of the day whatever things you didn't complete gets carried over to the next day next day to do list and again you prioritize and again it is a repetitive cycle yes by no means i'm perfect there are times where you know i just nothing works out but again part of life is you know you always have those down periods and then you can get back on track right a great analogy for this is i'm a huge football fan in football you have four quarters okay if you do bad in the first quarter you have the second quarter if you do bad in the second quarter you have the third quarter if you do bad in the third quarter you have the final quarter right just because the first quarter you didn't score you don't give up the next three quarters that's correct yes just because you slipped down one step you don't wantedly slip on the other steps mm-hmm. right so why do you want to do that to your life if say you want to eat right and all of a sudden you eat an ice cream then we say okay it's all or nothing and then you end up eating so much ice cream right mm-hmm. and then you feel bad about yourself right. okay if that happens it's you know sometimes it's going to happen but acknowledge that okay you have another day because if every day you get is It's, it's a privilege we take it for granted like me me and you are talking right now tomorrow morning no one knows whether we'll wake up okay yes right. i know it gets i'm it's getting into the dark side but i'm just saying we take a lot of things for granted these days right. and right. you really want to value what you do and c- focus on yourself first and these productivity hacks which i just mentioned and only when you are happy then you can make other people around you happy as well so something you want to keep in mind Absolutely. And actually, you, you do make a lot of very good point, because as you said about the work-life balance, maybe people have misconception what it really means. Because first of all, if you ask someone, what will make you happy? Like, for example, you've accomplished a lot in your life, uh, Raj. You've done so much. You, but yet, everything that you've done, everything that you've invested, all the work, etc., ended up ended you up in the ER. Okay, So now you start reevaluating, was it all worth it? So now all the time, like, for example, I don't know if you uh, heard this expression, it will take 50 years for someone to build wealth at the expense of their health to last the last 50 years of their life to use their wealth to fix their health. Ah, that's a good one. Like, you know, you, you've done so much. And then after that, if you get into depression, anxiety, et cetera, then all the time that you spend building your wealth, you're going to use it. to be able to fix your health. So isn't that counterproductive? Exactly. Yeah. In fact, uh, this was also one of the reasons why I left my $200,000 job when I was working for a company into starting my own business because I had so much money. But when I when I woke up in the morning, I didn't have that feeling of impact or joy in what I do. So I went back to the drawing board and thought about, okay, what are the different things I can offer value to people? right and when i was leading teams people said you have a knack for helping people figure out their careers because of you i got that job because of you i got the promotion because of you you made i become a better communicator so all these things resonated with me okay right and then i thought you know what why don't i help people in the tech space with their career transformations and that's the reason why i do what i do right now because for me 
when I see other people having positive impact in their lives, when I help people negotiate 30% increase in their salary, the joy and the change in their life, which I've just made, it's just un unbelievable. In fact, I've helped immigrants uh, get a job within the United States who had a deadline of uh, within 90 days, if they don't get a job, they have to go back. And they had student loans and stuff and they, and they got a job at Amazon and Microsoft. That's how I change lives. And every day I know that I'm impacting people, right? And uh, I believe to come to that realization, people have to go through a low point in their life to realize it. But you don't have to die doing it. That's the point I'm trying to say here. You can still have some strategies. But yes, you have to go through some trigger event or some realization to trigger the passion with, within you, to trigger that, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the purpose of life kind of deal, right? And uh, that's what happened to me. And once that trigger event happened in 2018, I realized I'm never again going to ignore my health, because as you said, I can earn billions of dollars, but if I'm not living to actually enjoy it, what the hell, man? Exactly. <laughs> I don't mean to be selfish here, but yes, my family can enjoy it. But dude, I did the freaking work. I also need to enjoy with the family. Absolutely. So be selfish to be selfless. That's what I tell people. You have to take care of yourself first. You have to be selfish. You have to take care of yourself first, irrespective of what the situation is. Because only if you take care of yourself, you can take care of other people. Just like on flights, they say, put on your mask before you put on the person's other, other person's mask next to you. It's the exact same thing. So I think we have to get deeper into what life actually means. Why are we doing what we're doing? Uh, are we doing stuff related to what we really want to do? Or is it time to pivot and try something else? Those are the conversations you need to have constantly within yourself maybe once a month retrospect what you're doing see whether you're going in the right trajectory those are the things you want to keep in mind beautiful now raj we talked originally about what was the you know what's going on now post pandemic if we can assume that the pandemic is somewhat over um now we we hear a lot about the expression of the great resignation and yes. uh, or the uh, I think they, they have another terminology uh, which is the great reevaluation. This yep. now, so if we really uh, analyze those two words, the resignation because people are just kind of fed up on how employers treat them and tell them, hey, you are a slave, you work for me, make me be able to buy my next Bentley or my next boat, whatever it is. But now the power has suddenly changed hands. And now the people, the staff or the employees now say, hey, I don't want this anymore. Go F yourself kind of thing. And then I'm going to go elsewhere. And now we see on LinkedIn, you know, like uh, headhunters going to people say, hey, I can offer you more. Hey, this and that. And you could ask for different fringe benefits. So now this perspective that we're looking at, is it going to be beneficial long term for employers? Obviously not, because now they're losing their staff left and right. But for people who are, have the right or they have the power to ask for what they want, is it going to change their way of looking at life now? That's a great question. In fact, uh, just this morning, I was reading a Forbes article. It said one of the main reasons for the great resignation is because, is because companies overwork their employees. 
which ties into exactly what we are talking about. Mm-hmm. Burnout is a serious issue, especially in the tech space. 60% of the people suffer burnout in some shapes or forms, and people just do not realize it. And because of the pandemic, an existing problem, which was already there, just got amplified now. Mm-hmm. And now people are forced to take action on it, right? Because pre-COVID era, people were overworked, Companies were overworking their employees and they thought that was normal life. Yeah. <laughs> now the great resignation happens. And now the companies are forced to take some action. They have to, otherwise they're losing people left and right. Yeah. So a good thing, apart from all the <laughs> crazy things which happened because of COVID, was that realization that you really need to value employees as humans. They have mental health as well and we and companies and organizations have to collaboratively do something about it and because of that in the future i think they're going to be more focused on employees mental health uh flexible work arrangements and then uh flexible timings where when they can work as well and i think those are going to be important conversations for employers and employees. And I think that is going to be the future. A person can go to Hawaii and work from there remotely for a company in San Francisco and also have better mental health because he or she can give what work hours they're going to work. And then the employers, as as long as the employees do their work, they shouldn't ask any questions, right? That's why I think um, in terms of the trend, there's going to be more focus on mental health an already existing issue just got amplified. And luckily, because of that, now people are going to take actions, right? Mm-hmm. So those are some things you want to keep in mind. In fact, uh, I wrote an article and I'll send it to you and we can put it in the show notes. I, I talk about how to work effectively when you're working remotely, right? And I talk about mental health and stuff like that as well. So you can put that in the show notes, but those are some trends which I can see, which is, more focus on mental health and more than money, people really want flexibility right now. Beautiful. Now I'm going to ask you, as you being a tech expert, uh, as the last question, because we're almost close to wrapping up, what's going to happen with the metaverse? What's going to happen now that the people's lives that was isolated for a year and a half or close to two years, now we're going to put it into a virtual reality. Isn't that going to accentuate more mental illness or people being more isolated in another environment that is not COVID-based. Now it's like more technical. So what is your say about the metaverse? So two things. First thing is uh, companies are smart and they cashed in on the situation. They know people are depressed and anxious and they're not able to meet people. So they launched the metaverse, which already existed before, but now again, it got amplified and people are working on it. So they're just cashing in on people's insecurities, companies like Facebook and other companies. That's the truth. Okay. Second thing is, but that being said, there are some introverts. There are some people who liked being alone and that's their character. So for those small little percentage of people, I think the metaverse will be really helpful to have conversations, I guess. But for the other majority of folks, I think um, having face-to-face conversations is the way to go. But metaverse, I think uh, they're trying to gamify actual human life. And uh, I don't know how that's going to work out. As you said, I think it's going to increase anxiety and depression uh, because you're going to lose human connection even more. Yes. 
Exactly. So I think people have to be really aware of what they're doing when they get into this metaverse conversation because another thing they could do is in the metaverse, based on your viewing and playing patterns, they can want to really plan different things in the metaverse to make you get addicted to it. So folks, there's so much stuff involved when it comes to technology. So when you use technology, just try to be aware of why that is there in the first place. I feel Metaverse was uh, an opportunity to cash in on people's insecurities and also to appeal to that small percentage of people, you know, who are into all these things. So that's where I see uh, things going. But that being said, I think uh, another use of Metaverse would be for remote collaboration. When people want to meet, but they're going to meet in person, they could use the Metaverse. So that could be, one advantage, but those are my thoughts on it. So basically, it's just like anything else, have a good balance. Yep. Which is know that, okay, you could visit the metaverse, uh, have fun there, but know how to separate yourself and start spending time with real people. Because again, you know, the, the, the face-to-face connection is always crucial. Now, how can uh, anyone or any of the listeners find you when it comes to career advice, uh, Raj? All my life's work is on my website, rajsubra.com, which is R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com. There you'll find how I help people, what are the different things I do. Also, you, uh, if you go to skyrocketyourcareerbook.com, you'll find my book there and also information about me. In fact, you can download the first chapter of the book free. And that's a way to reach me. And finally, I live on LinkedIn. So make sure you follow me and connect with me because I post videos three times a week at least on topics like this to help people. So make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn and just uh, message me. I love uh, talking to new people. Absolutely. I will certainly connect with you. But that is all the time that we have for today's uh, podcast. I really do appreciate you, Raj, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us and thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you have all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season eight of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories just like the one that you listened to today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Sometimes the smallest step in the right direction ends up being the biggest step of your life. Tiptoe throughout that journey, but take that first step. Remember that the journey to a thousand miles always begins with the courage to take that first step. You will encounter many challenges and you will feel very alone at times, even if you're surrounded by many people. You may see light, but it will feel like darkness. You may hear sound, but you will feel silence. At the very least, even if you face failure, you can be proud to have tried this path where most are too afraid to venture in. This will be the path to achieving your goals. Throughout these moments and times, you will feel like giving up, but this is when you must fight these odds and keep moving forward. This is how winning is done. So if you want something so badly, go for what you deserve and never deter from reaching your dreams. Loser do that, and that's not you. My name is Dr. Dan Emzalag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.